Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Rad
Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Good afternoon, everybody. It is March the 12th, 2013. You are listening to Keep It Magic here at www.keepitmagic.com. Make sure that you go over to our sponsor's website, which is www.coventrycreations.com. It is due to the great, wonderful people over at Coventry and all of the products that they sell that keeps Jackie and I on the air. So um, make sure you go over there and check out some of the products. If you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, we have a candle for that. So go over there and check that out. Also, while you're at CoventryCreations.com, make sure that you schedule yourself a consultation with the wonderful, lovely, talented, gifted, and beautiful Miss Jackie Smith. Um, and you can also check out my website at www.stormsestivani.com. Um, Jackie, how the hell are you doing? Um, just moving through a whole, whole bunch of changes. I just wanted to mention something that we put up on the um, Coventry site recently is we have um, some combo packs that are on the front page of the Coventry site. The Coventry Magic Book um, combined with a group of candles for a specific purpose. For instance, we have the Coventry Magic Book um, and candle combination for insight. So that has the sacred space, inspiration, and spiritual cleansing candles. And then um, so we have an insight combination, a moxie combination, Strength, vision, and abundance. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So it's a, it's a I, I haven't got my sample. <laughs> I know. Well, let's see. The the moxie combination is, and it's it's a discount. The book and, and three candles at a, a slightly discounted rate. Uh-huh. So moxie is one of my favorite attributes. It combines courage with passion, and that is what you need to follow your dreams. So in celebration of moxie, or defines yours, combine the fire. Energy and Will Candle, the Crown of Glory, and the Red Stilettos. Nice. So it's those three candles and the Coventry Magic Book. Nice. So yep, and um, you know, there's get you know the the abundance one is kind of a hot ticket here because it is, um, it's not what you would think. It is um, sacred white sage and sweetgrass. How about that for an abundance? That's interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so the, uh, you know, see, abundance is not just about money. So remember that money is a facilitator, and, and you got to think about what you want to be abundant in. So they clear away what you don't want to be abundant, and then it helps you find gratitude for what you do want to be abundant in. Uh-huh. So, yeah, good, yeah. good, good fun combinations. Yeah, that sounds like a... A lot of fun. So people, that's CoventryCreations.com. They're right on the landing page. So uh, make sure that you go over and check that out. Um, so far, uh, Jackie, the um, the Catholic Church has not chosen a new pope. No, nope, it's still showing black in the smoke. Yeah, it's showing black in the smoke. Now, what happens if the smoke's blue? I don't know. That means they've put a smurf in the furnace. Oh, it does? <laughs> uh, okay. 
I don't know. I just I just made it up. You're not laughing at my jokes. What's going on? Are you in? Are you in on this radio show, Storm? <laughs> <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> oh, come on. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's more hilarious you thinking that it was hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, well, if the smoke's green, why why would the smoke be green? They threw in the leprechaun? There you go. Oh, no, that's the funny God. shit. <laughs> Do not try stand-up. That's all I'm saying. Do not try stand-up. It ain't going to work out that well for you. You know, I could do an hour of stand-up just in my experiences of sending my daughter to an organic, crunchy granola school for for two months. Really? Oh, my God. Now, are they crazy? Yeah, a little bit. So the first, the only potluck I ever went to, there was a lot of, like, vegan and crunchy granola people and a lot of food allergies at this school. I've never seen so many food allergies in my life. So everything was specially labeled on the table for this potluck. And I just brought a Caesar salad with grilled chicken, a big Uh giant pan of it, because that's easy. You get a bottle of Caesar dressing, three bags of pre-shredded romaine lettuce, some croutons, some some fancy shredded Parmesan, and some just, you know, microwave that bag of frozen grilled chicken, and you have got a potluck meal. (laughs) And and so... um, they had it was for the whole freaking school, so each classroom went at different times. So of course, my daughter's classroom was last. Yeah. And I thought, you know, at least I bring something that I know I can eat because you never know at potlucks, right? Yeah. It's the danger zone. You never quite know. So my daughter and I are walking around the table, and there is nothing to eat. There's a lot of like, like bulgur wheat and quinoa, which before quinoa was quinoa. And there was, um, and there was this like gluten-free, dairy-free, processed-free macaroni and cheese. There was a lot of that actually, uh-huh. and it was brown. Okay. Macaroni and cheese has no business being brown. No. It's got no business being brown. It needs to be bright orange, like my hair. It's and it just, needs to be not gluten-free. I know. I mean, it's like. Hi, I'd like some, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Just don't make one. Yeah. Walk away is what I'm saying. And so that's pretty much all that was left was, you know, some some tabbouleh, which, you know, is not so bad, but when it's the only thing, you don't want to eat too much because then you'll be in trouble in a couple hours. Uh-huh. And then, um, and like some bulgur wheat with, you know, chickpeas kind of stuff. You know, for me and my five-year-old, and <laughs> she's looking at me like, "What's this?" It was hilarious. Then there's like the gluten-free vegetarian chicken nuggets. Don't make them, is what I'm saying. Just call them tofu patties and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but the topper off of the whole potluck is when everybody started walking around the yard, holding little lanterns, fake paper lanterns, singing this little light of mine. I had to go home. I had to go home and drink. I learned a lot from my clients, Jackie. Uh And I know many people that have walked away from the New Age movement Mm -hmm. um, in many ways because the fact that they think that it is now so freaking complicated that they don't even understand it. And now, you know, if if you... go to any form of metaphysical event and you're not eating seaweed, um, 
you know, that there's now something wrong with you. Freeze dried uh, kale is not my friend. You know, so um, it, it is it is very interesting because one of the things that I think, and we were talking a little bit um, about this before the show, is that on one hand there's becoming much more social acceptability in regards to what it is that we do. On the other hand, we're making it even more freakier than it was before. Well, yeah. I think we have um we're we're polarizing a little bit in the movement. Yeah. And meeting more and more people who are really practical and down to earth and then and then there's more and more people who have just, just tipped the scales. You guys have talked about this on the show before yeah. is as I'm I'm curious to to see if people become so healthy that the world is too toxic for them. Yeah. So um I think we need a little a little toxic in our life to keep ourselves in balance when we're living in a toxic world. I, I agree with you, and um, uh, I, you know, but even even the the perception, you know, I was looking at um, some uh, some polls the other day because uh, another client of mine, who interestingly enough, Jackie works in the adult industry. You know, um, I love me some adult industry money. <laughs> Um, uh, she works in the adult industry, and uh, you know we were having this this in- interesting um, conversation because you know she asked she she said that she felt very comfortable talking to me because I must understand you know in many ways uh, you know where it is that she's coming from because basically you know she has this particular life you know in which she's you know in front of a camera and you know she's beautiful and she's glamorous and mm-hmm. um you know has a perfect body and you know works three hours a day makes two thousand dollars and uh god bless her. yeah god bless her you know uh use your gifts that's all i gotta say <laughs> <laughs> if that was a gift that was given to you honey use it bank some money save for a rainy day um uh you know but you know one of the things that she um she was talking to me about is that she, of course, has a marketing degree, and uh, uh, she can't get a job at an advertising agency, Jackie, no matter how good the job is and how good the advertising agency, in which she's making $90,000 a month. It's just not going to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, so we were we were discussing a lot of uh, things, and, you know, one of the things that she was saying is that, you know, even though that the adult industry is not as you know taboo um as it was even ten years ago um uh, she goes it's still you know only five percent of the population um you know will readily admit that they use adult services um I couldn't hear you what did you say adult adult services okay you, know, <laughs> you whispered it a little bit too much adult services in my big girl voice or or by Kindle porn. <laughs> or, um, you know, uh, like to watch Spice TV. You know, um, only 5% of the population will uh, admit to it. And, you know, most of them are, of, of course, men. Um, and it had me, you know, in one of my jokes with her about this, Jackie, was, you know, that she services the male population and I service the female population, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> different needs, you know. 
Um, uh, but, but, you know, one of the things that I told her, I said, is that even though the, our particular industry is much more open than it was before, you know, a part of the, you know, my personal mistakes in regards to this industry is that I, um, uh, you know, the shift, and this is moving us into what we're, we're talking about, and I'm not talking about the shift in the metaphysical sense, but the shift in regards to um, embracing a new paradigm um, in which the world is much more open, much more social, much more um, in your face, much more, uh, you know, people know what people eat for lunch nowadays, and, um, uh, you know, people can scan my Facebook page and find out that my college roommate, um, <laughs> a daughter, is having a child, and then she calls me, uh, you know, Uncle Storm. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, things are just much more open at this particular point than they um, are in the past, and Jackie, I will just say, you know, I can understand from her perspective, because in, 1990, in 1988, when I started in in this industry 25 years ago. Uh-huh. It was not this way. No. No, 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 no. Not this way at all. And, you know, basically, you know, you had your metaphysical friends and, you know, of course, you know, you would go out into the public and you would do events, you know, like at the Bodhi Tree or the Psychic Eye, all of which have been clients of Jackie's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, you would do the, the networking and, you know, you would go read on Venice Beach with 78 tarot cards and leave with six. Because um, <laughs> they're all blown away. Yeah, because they're all blown away. Um, and if you're the lucky one that catches one, you know, you may get a message there. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, for the most part, you didn't tell ordinary, regular folk basically what it is that you that you did. You know, I was in a relationship at that particular time in my life, and, um, uh you know, I was involved with with somebody that had a pretty good solid career and things of that nature. And he was even, you know, in his per- particular profession, because of the AIDS scare at that time, the last thing that you want to talk about is having, you know, being gay. Right. Um, so, you know, even with, with our sh- very small social circle of maybe 10 people, Jackie, I didn't run around and say, you know, um, hi, I'm a psychic. You know, I, I was a student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even but but Storm, even myself, having this has been my career for the past twenty years when people would back in back in the early days when um Coventry was um a fledgling company, people would ask if me if I was a witch and I said, Well I'm very magical and very eclectic 'cause I, I I didn't want to um turn some customers off. Yeah. And now you know, now it's a different now it's a different ball game. You know, I know some gals, um, well, at the Boston Tea Room uh, in Ferndale, Michigan, and then there's also one in Wyandotte, great readers, great readers over there, real practical, down to earth. There's a couple of readers, their family knows, that, that there's this one that her family knows, and so that her cousin's cousin's cousin is calling her at midnight going, I'm having a reading crisis. I need, I'm in a crisis, I need a reading. That's not, that's not needing a reading. <laughs> that's called, you need some therapy. Yeah. So, um yeah, so that's that's uh, so now it's a different story. Oh, you're a reader, and they think, that, but there's a different persona, which is you can solve all my problems for me, or you're a witch, you can make all this stuff go away. No, 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 it still doesn't work like that. And then when you complicate it in even further, Jackie, you know, when I decided that I was going to do this crazy thing called the radio show, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I appreciate, uh, you know, my my friend Christina, uh, who is voice spirit in the chat room, is that, you know, she's a former DJ. So all of the, you know, um, radio experience that I have and all of the, you know, the media training that you have and, and the psychology that goes into it also, 
uh, you know, she can completely 100% understand because it's a vastly different reality to what it is now. Like I said, it's much more open now. Back then, um, n- not so much because, you know, you would um, – uh, you know, your car would be broken into, or you know, you would have people stalking you outside of the uh, the radio station. Right. Or you wouldn't want anyone to know your real name. That's for sure. You would go to a public event, and uh, you know, basically, people were, uh, you know, would mob you, and um, uh, you know. No wonder you became a recluse. Um, <laughs> My God. Jackie, I'm telling you, in 1997, when I decided I no longer wanted to do the radio show, okay, mm-hmm. it was at a particular point in which what I thought. In my crazy way, okay, because when I was 23, I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be wonderful, and, you know, I'm going to make a lot of money, and, it's, it, you know, I'm just going to have to do this, and, you know, people are going to like me, and all of this uh, other in, in, insane stuff. By 1997, Jackie, um, it was, I hate, I hate this job, um, I hate this life, I hate this car, I hate my apartment, <laughs> I hate my life, um, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's very difficult to unprogram yourself from a media um, world, um, you know, that, that, that they build it into your head almost like you're a machine. Right. Well, I think with, um, that's, wow, that's that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense, and then you just kept reading anyway. Yeah, because it's what you knew. It was your it was your career at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was my career at that point. But you know, using you know what worked in regards to marketing in 1997 doesn't necessarily work as well in 2012 uh, or 2013. And you know, the the whole what I'm having fun with now is basically learning a lot of these uh, you know new ideas and new media and uh, new advertising. And um, right. so it's kind of fun to me. But at the same time, it is against everything, Jackie. Everything that we were trained. It is against. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things about um, people knowing now, if you're a psychic, is because um, you you get drained. Uh-huh. What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? How do you help? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? It, it becomes very draining. God bless you for needing me. God bless you. Um, and, and I'm I'm very, um, you know, as, as, uh, as a business owner, as, as somebody in this industry and stuff, I, I love talking to people. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love talking to people. And, and and so you have to make sure you have your boundaries. Yeah. If you're a reader whose family knows that you're a reader and they're into that, have, you have to know your boundaries. Because there's times when you're on and there's times when you're not. And it's hard when it's like a big part of your life. You know, I know we're, we're almost time for a break, but I can't believe it's half hour already. But I went to this really amazing seminar um, by Jason Dorsey. He's the Gen Y guy. Uh-huh. And talking about the different generations. And so what you were talking about, it was last Thursday that I went there, and um, everybody needs to know about this. If you're in marketing, you need to get his, um, uh, his name is Jason Dorsey, and you need to get his, like, why size your business. Uh-huh. Um, it's a great, he's just, he's got, he's got this stuff down pat because, what we're talking about is different generations. You have to market different today than you did 20 years ago because a different generation of buyers is about. I mean, because we weren't, back in 20 years ago, we weren't our own clients. No. Our clients were much older than us because they're the only ones who really were into it, thought about this. Now, it's interesting. So my clients, when I first started doing readings over 20 years ago, were much older than me. Uh-huh. To 
maybe like five to ten years older than me, but they're all older than me. No one my age would ever get a reading because we were all broke. But now, if I'm if I'm doing uh, readings, sitting doing readings, I get sixteen year olds like crazy. Well, I don't get them that young, but. Um, well, because you you have an eighteen year old limit, right? Uh, yeah, but I, um, I do too. When sixteen year olds sit down in front of me, I'm like, go, no go. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, basically, my clientele is you know thirty five, twenty five to thirty five year old female, so they're younger than I am now. Right. Um, uh, and I can actually one of the things that I do here is one of the things that I do value that I was taught when I was a, a baby psychic. Um, one of my teachers, her name, her name was Charlotte Verdell. Um, one of the things that she reinforced over and over and over and over is the rite of passage in regards to doing this, and also boundaries. And one of the things that I worry about with the new generation, Jackie, is that there seems to be a lack of boundaries, mm-hmm. and there seems to be no rite of passage. It's like in the, you know, the moment that you become interested in um, being an intuitive, instantly you're an intuitive. Um, uh, uh, you know, but there's no rite of passage in it. And even though the, I can do mediumship and I can talk to the dead, it's not something that I advertise because, number one, I don't really care for it. Um, uh, and number two, uh, you know, it's not something that I um, am comfortable with doing. I don't have fun doing it. Um uh, and, uh, you know, so therefore I don't bill myself as a medium. Okay. You know, right. but, you know, there's a lot of people, Jackie, that will, you know, instantly, you know, they picked up the medium book, um, and, you know, now they're a medium. Well, you know, um, there's, and there's so much more to, I, I love that you talk about this rite of passage mm-hmm. um, for being a reader, and, um because it's it is important because there's an experience level that that comes with just having lived some life, but then this rite of passage means that you have how do I want to phrase this? You have been able to transcend your own ego. Uh-huh. Um, you have been able to um, move past your own judgments over a situation, uh-huh. and um, also there's some study. Rite of passages. So, what was your rite of passage, if I may ask, um, in a nutshell? Having to go through the, the, you know, much of the 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 Bodhi trees, the psychic eyes, mm-hmm. um, doing basic beginning classes, you know, doing readings for minimal amounts of money, going to Venice Beach and being paid five dollars, um, you know, for a reading, um, uh, you know, the um, the really getting your feet wet in regards to the particular industry in a very, you know, almost like an apprentice short sort of way in okay. order to learn to understand how to navigate later on when you actually have, you know, a, a private clientele. That is very similar to, to what I was thinking my rite of passage was as well, which is, um, and it's some things like um, going to a place where you're paid very little to, to learn and prove yourself. Um, then there's the... Then there's the getting the crazy clients and learning some of that rite of passage is learning how to deal with uh-huh. deal with some of that insanity. But here's some other rite of passage that some people in the chat room were kind of talking about, which is um, how do you take care of yourself? Uh-huh. Because if you don't take care of yourself, as I know when I'm doing a lot of readings, um, one of the things you turned me on to 
is vitamin water, making sure I'm getting lots of B vitamins yeah. and D vitamins as I'm doing yeah. readings because that gets burnt up really fast. When I'm traveling, um, when I'm traveling and I'm, I'm going someplace and I'm doing a lot of readings, I'll go through like a gallon of water, just keeping hydrated with that whole thing. Then making sure I eat real carefully and stuff like that. When I'm when I'm very much in that space, um, even though that you know, dairy free, gluten free, vegan um, uh, mac and cheese sounds gross. I will I will be careful with yeah. the, all the preservatives and stuff because. Um, also, the other big thing, you got to check in in your own head. Yeah. Make sure you're not getting crazy, you're not getting sucked into the crazy of, of your clients, because that's another thing that I got sucked into with one client, which is funny because you and I have had the same client uh-huh. that was kind of cuckoo, and we started, and I went, oh, my God, I got this cuckoo client, and I just didn't realize she was so cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. And I was describing her, and I said, and you go, oh, my God, I read for her, too. Which is funny because that's when we first met. Yeah. Um, and so it's and so you, you one of the rites of passage you get, we go through them frequently really is is it, it's so easy to get sucked into your your client's agenda. So all of those things are the things you have to go through to then be able to be a professional psychic. And and I'm watching some some friends of mine move from um, over the past couple of years they were doing this like on the weekends. And they and they were they got so many clients they're so good at to it, good at they went to full time. Yeah. And they physically can't handle it. It's it's a very um, it's a very difficult thing, especially you know with my particular work ethic. Um, mm-hmm. You know I like to work, and you know to be basically told at you know eighteen you know you you need to do this very very slowly. It's kind of like building up a muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, I didn't understand the reasons why at 18, and I thought that these were just a bunch of old fogey people that just didn't want me to make any money because I might take it from them. Now I understand that I'm the old fogey. <laughs> yeah, now that you're the old fogey. <laughs> the exact reason I'm going to make myself choke up here, you know, but the the exact reason <laughs> into why, uh, you know, that they, there was this particular recommendation, and I am really worried about the new people that are, uh, you know, going into this particular industry because it seems like that there is um, uh, a lack of boundaries, period. Um, And, uh, you know, one of the things um, uh, that I think that people have to be cognizant of, especially in this particular industry, is not blurring the lines between your professional life and your private life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when you have... um, you know, somebody that works as a computer programmer, when they go to Microsoft and they design these wonderful programs, when they go, go home, uh, you know, that they're not still the computer programmer. And unfortunately, us as intuitives, Jackie, um, oftentimes we're intuitive 24 hours a freaking day. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a point in which people, you know, separate who they are in regards to their private life and who they are in regards to their public life. And people don't like that too well. No, no, they don't. They don't. I could. I could talk on that for hours. Yeah. But we can't because we got to take a break. We got to take a break. Um, Jackie and I will be back. Um, in a flash. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Uh, don't touch that dial. i 
Keep It Magic, everybody. I'm Storm Sestavani. It is 4.33 in the afternoon here on the East Coast and in Michigan where Jackie is. It's 4. But I have to tell you, Jackie, it doesn't feel like that to me. But I hate time changes. I'm having a hard time with that, too. Um, it takes me like two weeks to adjust. Um, uh, and it just For uh, just an hour. Yeah, for just an hour. A little hour. For just an hour. I mean, it's it's like completely um, crazy. Um, we're moving into a new book in the Torah this week. Oh yeah, the one you the one you're not a fan of. Well, I'm a fan of it, but most people are not. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, and and the reason being, you know, Genesis is this wonderful story of creation and, um, you know, the building of um, of the world and the beginning of the 12 tribes and the Israelites and Exodus is about, you know, removing the bondage of slavery and uh, and it's, you know, this exciting epic tale of, you know, running away from Egyptians and, you know, floods drowning people and, uh, you know, uh, you know, golden calves and, uh, you know, debauchery and orgies and all this other stuff. Then you get to Leviticus, and Leviticus is... Um, uh, is a whole book of laws, and it is it is a boring, boring, boring book to read. And in fact, you know, most of Leviticus, I mentioned this last week, most of Leviticus and most of Numbers, people just want to ignore that they even exist in the Bible. Well, you know, it's funny that that it, 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 I'm I'm ca- catching a connection in our last conversation. So keep going. You know, so but what they don't understand is that really these particular precepts and things that you should do and uh, things that you shouldn't do and all this other stuff is less about the actual um, event and more about the spiritual system and an alchemical process than it necessarily is, you know, uh, throwing up a, you know, a calf on an altar and and burning it. That's that's interesting because think about what we were just talking about. Okay. We're talking about the rite of passage. We're yeah. talking about people who th- want to go to be instant experts. Yeah. Correct? Leviticus is about all the rules. Mm-hmm. All the things you need to go through to increase and maintain your spiritual enlightenment. Yes. So it's really what we're talking about right here in the beginning of the show um, with with the fact that we have um, – there is no such thing as an instant expert because expert means expertise. Expertise is created through experience. Yeah. So, bum bum. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know, unfortunately, most of us don't like rules. Um, oh. I and there's times in which I don't like them at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. Do we? Do we? I mean, I like them when I can apply them to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The name of the particular book that we're in now, Leviticus, in Hebrew, is called Vayakra. Now, it's interesting because you always start reading Vayakra um, right before the sign of Aries. So, the sign of Aries, interestingly enough, is the me, me, me sign. Um, 
And it's very interested in its own story. It's very interested in going out into the world and conquering things, whatever that means. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the, hero, the hero's journey um, mm-hmm. last week during the Sun Show. And, you know, much of the sign of Aries is about being heroic. Um, and unfortunately, with the sign of Aries also, in order to be heroic, one also has to have a little bit of ego. Mm-hmm. Just a little, just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, and basically, in the Zohar, what it talks about is that there is a, as God was, you, you, you know, uh, as Moses was channeling the Torah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a conversation that Moses has with the light, and basically, you know, um, God says, you know, this this portion here needs to be called Vayakra, which means, and He called. And Moses has this discourse with God in which Moses says, no, I really don't want to do that because I don't think I'm any, you know, any more special than anybody else. And, you know, if I put into a book and God called Moses, it is showing my particular level of importance, and I don't want to do that. I would much rather call um, uh, the book Vayakral, which means and listened. Um, and, you know, so they have this argument, and anyways, Moses ends up submitting to the light, and he says, okay, I'll do this, but the little letter at the end, which is an Aleph, by the way, um, an A, Aleph. Um, uh, oh, you're starting to lose me. Okay. Yeah, it's an A. Okay. Um, basically, what what Moses said is that he will do it as long as he can make the letter look very, very small. So when you're reading it, Jackie, and if you're not paying close attention, uh-huh. you'll scan over it and you'll say via crawl. Uh-huh. Unless you notice the Alice. Okay. So basically, Moses gets what he wants. The light gets what he wants, okay, <laughs> or she, you know. Um, uh, and uh, and basically what it means is that at this particular point, as we begin to move into Aries, what we need to be very, very careful of is, is our ego running the show. Yes. We did have this conversation over the weekend, and I, I have to tell you how some of that manifested, but keep going. You know, so, you know, one of the things that people are going to notice as we move into the sign of Aries is that it's going to be very, very easy to get into, what about me, 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 you know, and we start to sound like robots and we become very, very self-focused and it's all about our own agendas and our own realities and we no longer care about the sensitivity of others, Um, uh, you know, and we really could care about others, period, unless they happen to be part of our heroic journey. Um, uh, And, you know, or, or that they're, you know, a tool in the heroic journey. And right, I was just going to say, because sometimes we care about people too much and it stops being caring about them. And caring. That was last month. <laughs> yeah. And it starts becoming caring about um, carrying them. Yes. And and where we're in, we're responsible for them and and instead of trusting them to to know to to know their own brain, their own decisions. Yeah. So so one of the things that you know. This particular time, and it's, uh, it's it's very interesting as we move into, you know, we're now um, 13 days before Passover. Yeah, 13. Um, uh, we're now moving towards Passover, and Passover is the time in which um, Kabbalistically is the purification of the soul. Um, so basically we're beginning this particular process 
under a very, very ego-restrictive type of energy. So it's necessary during this time to really make sure that you're being considerate of others, that you're taking um, uh, their thoughts and their ideas um, into consideration, that you're taking their feelings into consideration. Um, you know, this can be a very, very difficult, especially as the sun moves into Aries, period. Mm-hmm. So just be kind of prepared to do that mental checklist. And, you know, it's interesting because most um, – spiritual movements, Jackie, at this time are moving into this kind of birth of something new, cleansing type of period, which, you know, you're a witch. Talk about Ostara. Well, okay. So here's the thing that I'm really getting with on on the Kabbalistic end of things, mm-hmm. is that it's not a, yes, Passover is a specific series of days. Yes. But it's not, it doesn't begin and end in those series of days. Yes. It is a whole season of it. You are preparing for it. You're winding up to it, and then you're winding down from it. It's not a line in the sand that says, now you're in it, and then now you're out. Yes. Um, and one of the things that in, in the um, people that I talk to, and we talk about Ostara, and we talk about that, that pagan wheel of the year, um, it becomes the line in the sand. You just stepped into Ostara. You step, just stepped into Spring Equinox. The egg stayed on the, the skinny end, upright for a hot second, and then you step out of eat, uh, spring equinox. And it and and to me, it's never worked that way. Uh-huh. It has never worked that way. Now, I've 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 rarely ever have been able to celebrate the equinox or the solstices on the actual day because you know work and all that other stuff. Yeah. Pagan holidays are not legal holidays. You don't get the day off. So, it's always been about this season. My entire, you know, since my awareness of spirituality and how spirituality moves through me, even when I was um, Catholic, the Easter season was the season, and there was lots of contemplation for me. Well, because you had Lent and everything, yeah. so that was a big part of it. So Ostara is the the dawning of spring. It's the freshness. It's the new green. It's the new things, and it's clearing away and letting go of old stuff. But you did. You did most of that. I mean, basically, if you look at look at this as a, as a um, agricultural celebration, mm-hmm. pretty much you're out of food, so you're looking for yeah. new stuff. So you've you've spent the last couple of months clearing everything out because you ate it. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you start putting away, you know, cleaning all of the winter stuff and airing out the bedding because it's a nice day. So there's some natural things that that happen mm-hmm. on, on this northern hemisphere for spring equinox. So. You know, with with that being said, it's not just a day. There's a pinnacle of energy. There's a pinnacle of energy for Ostara. So there's a whole story about Ostara and how she brought the spring. And, and the Easter Bunny comes from the energy of Ostara um, uh, that that she slept in. Yeah. She slept in, and, and one of her sacred birds died because yeah. um, she slept in and spring was late. And she couldn't resurrect the bird, but she could turn the bird into a bunny. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know why you can't resurrect a bird and why you got to turn a bird into a bunny, which is why the bunny, Easter bunny, or Ostara bunny, has eggs. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was a bird turned into a bunny. And then the bunny reminds us all that spring is here. So, so the rabbit is the symbol of spring, and eggs are the symbol of, of that new beginning. Uh, so that's, that's really Ostara in... In a nutshell, I mean, you can create altars for it. There's so much on the Internet to, to dig into. But really what I want to talk about is 
the whole energy of the season. Uh-huh. Again, it's not just a day. It's not just like we're in it and then we're out. It's a whole process of of releasing what no longer works, of releasing all of that, all of those things, those legacies that, that were defining you that no longer define you. Yeah. Refreshing yourself. Oh, doesn't this, isn't the spring day like the most refreshing thing ever? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And one of the one of the interesting things, you know, a lot of people don't know where spring cleaning came from, and it's actually Judeo, um, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a Hebraic custom. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, the days that are heading up to Passover is the clearing of the soul. Okay. And what you do during that period is kind of a little bit ritualistic, but, you know, everybody cleans their house and, you know, uh, gets rid of dust bunnies and you clean it and scour out the temples and, you know, you get really everything fresh because that is the symbolic cleansing in the physical world of what is happening on the metaphysical level. Um, and, you know, it, it's and, and it's one of the things that I appreciate about about Kabbalah is that, it is the understanding of the purpose of why you're doing things, which I don't find a lot of that in, uh, uh, you know, in in other, uh, you know, uh, spiritual viewpoints. Yeah. Um, so um, I just, you know, again, it's a whole season for me, and so I don't. I, I celebrate the whole thing. It it it's not just something I need to stop and celebrate. It is who I am. Yeah. And and that's I think that's some of the difference of if you embrace the whole cycle of the year um and 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 just ride that energy as you continue to ride that energy you find that that you you get to peace. Uh-huh. You get to peace faster. Then and 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 solutions faster because you're riding the energy that already exists. Yeah. For that for that aspect. Now, we talked about something um, over the weekend we were talking about and what's Leviticus in this time of the year and what did you call it, the, um, where you're, you're, you're learning about who you are, the big I am, uh-huh. but you're letting go of your ego at the same time. Yes. And so that is a challenge. How do you find out who you are without your ego being involved? It's very interesting. I was having a, a conversation with a client um, earlier, and one of the things, she has the sun in the 11th house. I also have the sun in the 11th house, so I know how this is. People with the sun in the 11th house have a tendency to base their reality um, or their identity on the outer world. It's very, very easy for them. Um, <laughs> I believe I have my sun in the 11th house. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, yours is in the twelfth. Yours is you know is in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but with that sun in the eleventh house, one of the difficulties um, that that sun has is creating an inner sense of meanness. Okay, because we think an inner sense of meanness has to do with the adjectives that are attached to us. You know, my name is Storm. I'm an astrologer. Um, uh, you know, I do professional readings. Um, you know, I have a Nissan. Um, uh, uh, you know, I uh, live in New York. Um, you know, we tend to, t- you know, I- I'm a son, I'm a, a brother, I'm a- an uncle. 
uh, you know, we tend to, to create our particular identities based on those adjectives. When actually identity, which we talked about last week, is, and if nobody listened to the Sun Show last week, I definitely um, recommend that you do. Uh, and identity really has to do with something much more spiritual um, than the outer world. And it has to do with the creation of one's own inner sense of authenticity, which may be, which authenticity is a very tricky word. Um, and authenticity for me may be very different than authenticity for anybody else. Um, uh, and uh, it has to do with creating that particular relationship with the light of the creator. So it's it's a, uh, but if you approach it, Jackie, from that very, very ego, me, 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 you disconnect yourself from it. Yes. So it's a paradox. You know, right. all of, the, all of uh, Leviticus is a paradox. Well, one of the things we talked about is that this is identifying with your strengths, Yes. Um, identifying with your strengths as a gift. Well, it's interesting. You want to know which books on my desk? What? Now uncover your. Now discover your strengths. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. Um, but that's what we were talking about. Is that is that um, identifying your strengths, identifying your gifts as as a gift, mm-hmm. and then and then the way to bring everything into balance so that your ego is not driving the bus, is to dedicate your gifts to the divine. Yes. Dedicate your gifts to the light. You become the manager of your gift, not necessarily the uh, the owner. Right, right. And so um, I, I've thought about that a lot over the past couple of days about how I'm like, wow, that's that's how profound to be able to dedicate. Okay, so so we both decided that that independently, but both of us have that gift of gab, gift of communication, mm-hmm. gift of inspiration, and in, in our writing and what we do, um, that communication stuff. And I started thinking about what would it feel like to dedicate that to the light. Mm-hmm. What would it feel like to to do this in in dedication to or in conjunction with or to manage the gift that's coming through me rather than owning it? And when you do that, Jackie, here is the the great irony. When you do that, what it is that you're doing at that point no longer feels like work. Bingo. Things flow. Things are flowing um, really well for me right now. And, of course, you know, once you hit a rock in the road, you, like, go, ah, and you go right back to where you were before. But... um, so when you when you give give it to the light when you say okay I'm 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 the channel for this gift mm-hmm. um, and I'm humbled by it etc. So I I said well what would it look like to have opportunities to share this gift without ego? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I woke up on Monday morning with that. There was a message in my inbox. Hey, will you come read stories to the second grade class on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> You come to this one school, and and um, it's a guest reading books day. And I said, that's what it looks like. Yeah, you know, it's it's easy in our in in our particular uh, profession because I, I, you know, one of the things that I wrestle with, uh, Jackie, is you know you you give this particular reading, and then there's uh, which I never remember, by the way. Right. Um, uh, you give this particular reading, and then you don't talk to the client, and then you talk to them six months later. And what is that space? 
so, which is not good. <laughs> There's that space, um, uh, you know, that, that the, the Satan likes to attach himself to. And then, you know, you get this call, and the person says, a storm. You know, everything that you told me in the last reading came exactly out as you described. It's very, very easy, Jackie, to fall in. Oh, look at what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, ain't I hot and ain't I special? I'm good. I'm the best at what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm better than everybody else. My psychic penis is large. <laughs> it's very, very easy to fall into that. The moment you fall into it, you disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so I try, you know, when when somebody tells me that, is, I will just say, you know what, thank you for the, for the compliments. You know, I was just trying to give you information that you would find useful in your life. I don't even remember the reading. Yeah, I was just a channel. Yeah. I was just a mouthpiece for the divine. Yeah, but That's it's very, all. very easy, especially in our, you know, because of the fact that, you know, what we were talking about earlier, you know, this, this profession um uh, has particular stigmas attached to it so when you when you do get that particular ego stroke um that mental masturbation um uh, it's very very easy to fall into it and and to then begin to make the particular talent about you well you know it is so easy whether it's that you're talking about being psychic or owning a business or yeah. you know being being a good gambler <laughs> doesn't matter what the subject man? What the subject is? A cam girl, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, when you when you start owning it in that egotistical way, your ego loves that you own it, and yeah. then your ego loves to take you down a little bit. So it becomes that struggle. Yeah. Of, you know, um, you know, there's times as as a boss. I am like I'm such a great leader and da 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 and this is not easy and da 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 and then the minute I start saying that all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. People are going, "What's wrong with you?" You know. I will tell you every time, Jackie. That and this is just you're just going to laugh your behind off. Every time that I have fallen into that ego trap and was not humble and I you know started to mentally masturbate myself, uh-huh. I will then get the most negative feedback I've ever seen. That. Right. Now now. There's a difference between being humble and being respected for the effort and skills you have fostered. Mm-hmm. So, so there's there's a difference between your ego being crazy and you having self-esteem. Yeah. Um, and that is this is a tricky part right here. That is a very fine line, and you have to check yourself. Because when I was at a, at a convention and um, and I was. Um, Pretty ignored and disrespected, mm-hmm. um, like like to my face disrespected, um, like well you know you're not that big of it or you're not whatever you you you're you don't not a published author at that time, so you don't matter is pretty much almost verbatim what was said to me, and I went what, um yeah I, I think more people have read what I've written all around the world than all these people put together. You know, Jackie, I have fallen into the same type of, uh, right. of mentality. It, you know, it's it's very, very easy because I think that my knee-jerk Satan consciousness mm-hmm. uh, reaction would be this. You troglodyte. I've read for over 200,000 people, and you're going to sit here and try to tell me that just because I haven't written a book, I don't matter? And so here's where the Satan came in. Yeah. It's not that I had a bit terrible show. It's not that um, – it, it's none of that stuff. 
what happened was I became miserable. I became angry. I hated being there until I until um and I, I was like, you know, I literally sometimes I just literally say stand there in the middle of my crisis and pray. Uh-huh. And say, "Oh, I need some deliverance here. <laughs> I need I need to be shown a way out of my out of my misery and my ego here." And then one of my favorite favorite people that I go to that show to see comes up, gives me a big hug and says, "I'm so glad you're here. I was uh-huh. looking forward to seeing you." And I went, "Oh, that's right. I'm here for you." Uh-huh. I'm not here for any of these other things. I'm not here for my ego. I'm not here for to be stroked over here. I'm here because there are people who who need me, and I'm humbled. And then it became an awesome show because there's that moment when so ego isn't it doesn't necessarily take you down in a way of like oh I did terrible business. Uh-huh. It's not that black and white. It's I'm miserable. Yeah. Well, Kabbalah. The, the paradox is it's that Kabbalah tells you you have to have the ego. Um, a Kabbalah is not anti-ego. It's it's anti how you use it, um, and you know, it, it, and it's it's very you know. I have to be very very careful, Jackie, especially at this particular point in in my life, and you know, really trying to stay on the straight and narrow with my spiritual path since my um, um, rebirthing in hell period. Um, uh, you know, I really have to approach things from what is my consciousness going into anything, in, into anything, because in that scenario that you had just mentioned, Jackie, immediately would, you, you know, w- w- one of the thoughts would have been, you troggled, I've read for 200,000 people. Right. Um, uh, but after I walked away from that, five minutes with a satana would be like this. You see, those 200,000 people you read for really didn't mean, doesn't mean anything at all. You're still worthless. You haven't achieved anything. Right. You're a piece of crap. Right. Um, and then what that will do is open me up to start um, doing approval addiction like crazy. Right. It, it becomes that cycle. Yeah. So, so when your ego drives the bus, I mean, like really drives the bus and, and, and drives it straight into that that place where you where your fears take control. So your ego, if your ego is driving the bus, it doesn't drive it for long. Your fears boot it out of the way. Yeah. The satan, the inner demons, whatever, boot it right out of the driver's seat, and then it starts driving. So then it becomes that cycle. It, it becomes that cycle, and I think that the importance and I, people won't probably be happy with me saying this, but I think that the importance of you know, Leviticus and a set of rules and regulations um, is basically what tools do we use in order to spiritually combat or to be able to spiritually have spiritual warfare with that ego and that Satan consciousness at all times. And if you don't connect to something, okay, um, uh, in a particular in a particular way, you know, it creates that particular opening for that ego consciousness and that satan consciousness to come in. You know, that's really interesting. I know we got to take a break, but I just want to leave with this one thing and then we'll come back talk about some more cleansing and clearing is that when we when I was at convocation, I had the the great conversation with a few people saying, "So what what is there to catch you when you fall? What is there to be that great foundation that you need?" Because um your your the spiritual teachings or those rules and regulations, those are the things that that are going to catch you when you fall. When you start to fall apart, what do you lean on? Uh-huh. And I'm not I'm not saying that that it has to be the Bible or the Torah or the um or the Bhagavad Gita or anything, but but really what what is the thing that's going to help you make sense of things? 
Yeah, exactly. I I agree with you. I don't care what system that people are following. But I think that's what Leviticus is talking about. Yeah, exactly. I I I agree with you. We have to take a break. We do. Um, Jackie and I'll be back in a flash. Don't touch that dial.
Transit Magic, everybody. It is 5.06 here in the afternoon on the East Coast. That means it is 2.06 on the West Coast and every single hour in between. Um, we thank you for listening to Keep It Magic. Make sure that you cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. We have a lot of special stuff on the front page right now, a lot of discounted uh, bundled packages, so make sure that you check those out. And if you have a problem in your life, whether that, that problem is your love life, whether it's financial issues, whether it is spiritual issues, you know, you just kind of need to do a little bit of a cleaning. Um, uh, uh, you know, Beth, I'm going to kill her. She just sent me a message saying that she bought a house <laughs> during Mercury retrograde. Shame on you. You're a bad girl, and I will get you. Um, uh, but uh, but, uh, but basically, you know, cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com and uh, check um, out everything that we have to offer. Um there's another interesting thing that's in this particular portion that I want to delve into because it's a little bit magical, Jackie, and you know how we love magic. We do love magic. Um, there's four sacrifices um, that occur in uh, the portion of Ayakra. And basically, the thing that you were good at, um, uh, uh, you know, for example, if you are... Um, good at making money, or you're good at uh, communicating with others, or you know you're compassionate with people, or um, whatever it is that you're really good at. Um, basically, what would happen is that you, you know you would you, you know you would get into your BMW and you would cruise on over to the temple or the tabernacle, um, and you would offer your particular strength. You would give some of your strengths, basically, as a sacrifice in order to help correct and purify the areas of your life that you're having difficulty with. So, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about with that, that, Jackie, is that, you know, we no longer have pits, you know, that we can go, you know, and in our burnt offering. Yeah, and, and do and do our uh, burnt um, offering. Um, uh, so basically, you know, one of the reductions of the ego, which has, you know, which kind of moves back in, and when we were talking about it, you know, this weekend, it was very difficult to, because it's so complex, it's difficult to wrap your mind around, and, you know, Brenda just mentioned it in the chat room, really, what it is that you're doing is that you're reducing the ego of your talents, you know, you're going up and you're making an offering to connect to the light with your particular talent in order to cleanse and purify the areas of your life that you're having difficulty with. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which, interestingly enough, um, uh, you know, we have a candle for all four areas. That's true, we do. We absolutely do. So, I like this. Just, just We're going to get into that for a second, but I just want to talk about how this is another way of cleansing. Yeah. This is another way of, of kind of cleansing the ego and, and putting it back in its proper place. We don't really talk about cleansing the ego. We talk about getting rid of the ego. We talk about yeah. making the ego smaller. But the ego is really important yes. to our it, – it it tells us when we're in danger. It and you wouldn't us, be able to, to achieve anything without it. Right. It tells us that, yes, it's, you're great, you're great, you're a good girl, go get it, you know. So so the, the, it has its role. So when we cleanse it, when we cleanse it of those toxins, um, of our fears, and of those limitations, of our short circuits, our um, tacoon? Yeah. Okay, of our tacoons. Then, um, look, I'm remembering. How about that? 
Um, so this is this is just another type of spiritual cleansing. So I just wanted to interject that. So it's not always about you know smudging your room or smudging yourself or, or meditating. Sometimes it's about a little bit more. So, uh, but, but, but let me go into that for just a second here, Jackie. Um, a lot of people smudge to get rid of negative energy. But a lot of people that I talk to that are doing the smudging, the reason that they're doing it is to get rid of other people's negative energy. There's very few people that I talk about that are talking about getting rid of their own. Right. Amen. I like that. It's true because I do I I I work on getting rid of my own cuz I know my it's my negative energy that's attracting the other negative energy. Save your own ass. Quit worrying about other people's asses. It's true. It's a, amen. Okay, so let's talk about the different elements of our talents, yeah, of our gifts. So we have earth, mm-hmm. and that element of earth, which would be the gifts that that relate to money, prosperity, tangible physical things. Mm-hmm. Our or, jobs, um, working uh, with your hands. Yes, yeah. everything that that has to do with physical, tangible stuff. Yes. Okay, so uh, that's easy. Air, brains, any intellectual pursuits. Yeah. That's easy. Communication with others. Um, uh, programming? Uh, yeah. Computer programming is Any, Anything with computers, yes. Fire. Inspiration. Um, it, you know, creative people, um, advertising executives. Um, Artists? Uh, no, that's water. Um, uh, uh, anything that has to do with fixing tomorrow's stock market people is all air. Or fire, excuse me. Stock market is fire? Yeah, stock market is fire because of the fact that the, there's no guarantee. You're taking all vol- It's yeah. volatile. So yeah. risk takers are fire. Yeah, gamblers. Um, gamblers, if I was thinking that. Um, okay. All right. And then water is? Connection to other people, artistic cre- endeavors, um, uh, where you're able to be a channel to a larger collective. Uh, oh. Healing. Fire would also be personalities. Yes. Charisma, um, stage performers, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Okay. But then if you're like a physical medium artist, like a painter or a sculptor, yeah. that would be water. Singer. Yeah, that's all water. Singer would be water, too. Okay. But not, not fire? No. Okay. So what would you do? So we have the stability, earth, candle, the inspiration, air, candle, the energy. and what If you're say? good at earth, yeah. And, and then the emotional balance, water, candle. So you pick which candle, mm-hmm. and then what do you do? Um, the thing here is is that you would really need only one candle. You would pick Correct. the one candle that you're good at, okay? You would create on a little particular petition and say, you know, um, light, Ostara, Kumbaya, whatever you want to write. I don't mm-hmm. care. Um, uh, you know, Kibbley, um, <laughs> <laughs> Hecate. Um, you know, the, okay, uh, yeah, cool. Whatever you want to write on there, whatever your um, higher source is. Uh, you know, thank you for the blessings that I have received. Um, in my life, thank you for helping me be, uh, you know, thank you for giving me this talent and helping me to manage it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, and, and you do a thanksgiving. You thank the light. Mm-hmm. I use light to encompass all those deities. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, you thank the light for getting what it is that you have. By be, having thanksgiving, okay, for what you have, what happens is that the light automatically will want to fill up what you don't have. Huh. And that brings so it's, it's reverse. It's reverse psychology magic. 
So I love this. So I want to talk about this for a second. So what you're doing is you're dedicating the work that you're doing in that element, that talent, yes. to the divine, yes. whatever name you use for that divine. Yes. For example, I have an air candle going. Uh-huh. And then and you have you all of your communication are in the name of the light. Yes. Okay, because I love this part when we were talking about this. So if you try to cleanse and clear your ego of all these fears by saying, okay, fear, get out of here, that fear is going to just, it's going to resist. It's going to become a big monster, a big demon to scare the pants off of you. It's going to create tons of havoc in your life when you want to clear it, right? Yes. But if you go in the opposite direction, if you go on the side of the tree and you give back, you you become humble of your gifts. Yes. It actually clears your ego from the other side. Yes, because it moves you to the center of the tree. It moves you to the center of the tree, and that fear didn't know it hit him. Yes. So it's the back door. Yes. Back door magic. Makes total sense to me because you know I'm a lazy witch. Yeah, you're a lazy witch. So this is a, this is perfectly good. Well, your one of your uh, famous spells, Jackie, of how to get rid of somebody is to push them towards something else. <laughs> it's very cabalistic in nature. Right, because why would you fight that? Why would you, you know, it's like getting a um, um, a leech off of you. Because it's it's much easier and there's more momentary satisfaction uh-huh. and um, there's more ego around getting even. Mm-hmm. Right, but you know what? I don't want that job anymore. Yeah. I had either. that job once or, time, once or twice in my ute and I, uh, it was a lot of work. Yeah. And I find that um, the universe is way better. Actually, I take this back. I find that the other person is way better at getting back at themselves yes. than I am getting back at them. Yes. That's really what. So if you send them on to something better or something more interesting than you, that's when they get back at themselves. Yes. So you don't have to do any work. So, again, this is that whole thing is if you. Now, explain it to me. How did you explain it to me this weekend? That there was there was a key piece that I think is was missing. That um, you're dealing with the side of the tree, the 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 Kabbalistic tree of life. Uh-huh. When you your talent, when you give that that gift, you do it in the name when of the when time. you when you sacrifice. make that sacrifice, Jackie. And basically, what your sacrifice is is that you're sharing. Okay. Um. Basically, what it does is that it reduces the ego from the other side of the tree, okay, and moves you to that particular center, okay? Okay, so your gifts are on one side of the tree, and your ego is on the other. Yes. So when your gifts blow up, your ego blows up. Yes. And it always stays in balance. Oh, my God, you're going to become a good Kabbalist. Go ahead. Sing it, sister. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Go ahead. If you then say... I give these gifts back to the divine. Mm-hmm. I do this in your name. Your you gift, consecrate, yeah. If you when you consecrate your gifts and it takes its rightful place, then your ego shrinks and takes its rightful place, and it all comes into the center and works in balance. Yeah. Oh Jesus, I got it. <laughs> now, do you find that when you do that, that you create some natural sacrifices in your daily life? Um, no, I, f- I find actually that it, it invigorates me enormously to want to do more. So, so meaning, my meaning is like, like I got, I, I'm contemplating this Monday morning as I wake up, 
and there in my inbox is an is an opportunity and i'm and I'm thinking about my um ability to communicate and uh-huh. and this and and inspire and all of these things that that are the energy of air and then there in my inbox is an invitation to come to read to children. Do you find that that sounds like a divine message? What kind of divine message do you think that is? Well, the divine, you know, the divine message is, is you know, are you really going to share for this when there's not any, you know, conscious payoff for you? Um, and then, of course, they, here is the Satan consciousness. You know, Jackie, you got so much stuff to do. You're running a business. Right. You know, do you really want to take that amount of time off? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but basically, as long as you're sharing, Jackie. Mm-hmm. The light is going to fill up that cup no matter what. And that's what I felt like. I felt like, wow, what an amazing opportunity to share without um without my without reward. Yeah. And and so that's that's something that just felt amazing that I could and and I'm not I, the only reason I'm talking about this. I wasn't going to talk about this on the show because that's part of it as being quiet. You don't want to say, oh, look, I have an opportunity to do this, and look what I'm doing to calm yeah. my ego. That actually counters the ego. Is the <laughs> thing. I got you. Um, I'm still in control. So I didn't want to talk about this for the show, um, but I just wanted, but it's such a great example. And so my question was um, during this process, do you look for opportunity to give back? To give. Yes. Every here is the thing that basically Kabbalah teaches, Jackie. Every opportunity that you're presented to share, you should do it. Is that does that include the homeless guy in the corner? If you're so driven. Okay. Well, this is a question that people ask me. So. You know, you, you know, if if you feel so driven, um, uh, you may not feel driven. You know, there's certain times, Jackie, and I don't know if you've had this experience. I'm not necessarily an individual that's going to go pass um, money out to the homeless, but I have had situations in which, you know, I'm uh, driving through my three streets. You know, <laughs> you know, and and there's something. You know, for example, I, I will give you one. Um, Entirely, that is an actual example. Um, last summer, you know, as I started to venture out and things of that nature, I was able to drive around. I was driving around and I saw these two little Mormon boys that were walking by. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, it is so hot out. Why the hell are they even doing that? So, you know, I started driving around again. And then, you know, this is the light inside of my hand. Go back and give them some money so that they can get themselves a soda or something. Uh huh. Well, so, you know, I'm still driving and stuff like that, and it says, well, are you going to do it or not? There goes the car turning around. Right. So so as you're so driven, literally in your car, you, yeah. um, you decided to... It is an opportunity to share, yes. So, and then I, I just want to talk about the difference between sharing from an opportunity to share and sharing from your ego. If you're doing it to get something in return... Or you're doing it because there needs to be some form of a payoff for you. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Or you're doing it to prove a point. Yes. That payoff might be how great you are. Yes. Um, and and as a boss, I have opportunities. I'm presented with lots of opportunities. Let me tell you, to um, coach, mentor. Yeah. Help people grow. And and I was really faced with a lot of them this past month of. Um, 
having doing reading sessions, Akashic Record sessions with some employees, coaching them, mentoring them. And I really, my ego really wanted them to be better at their job so we're all better and we all can make more money in the long run and, and fulfill our dreams in the long run, theirs and mine. And then I realized how connected I was to their success uh-huh. that it was my coaching and my mentoring that helped them get there. And once I realized that that was, that, that was not me helping them, that was not the opportunity to share with them, that was an opportunity to show how great I am at a boss, as uh-huh. being a boss. And I disconnected from that, and I, yes, doing, doing the work. I do spiritual work all the time to make sure my ego is out of the way because it's so easy for it to get crazy. Absolutely. Me. Um, and I and and you you were, you watched me in this process, and I'm like, I, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? What's going on? This is driving me crazy. And finally, I, I let my ego disconnect from that, uh-huh. and I realized these people didn't want to be here. Yeah, they didn't want to be here. They were not. They were hanging on because I I was coaching and mentoring, and 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 I believed in them more than they believed in themselves. Uh-huh. And so what I had to do is I had to let go. And some people, I said, oh, one one person, um, I said, you're burnt out. This isn't working. I I need somebody in here to do the job because there's no, it, it, I need have a need so we can and people depend on this for their food, etc. So I I need to make sure we're doing okay in our business. You know what? He's happy. Uh-huh. He's so happy. When I and that was me going. I need guidance. I need guidance, and the guidance I kept getting was literally keep kept finding more and more. Don't you think? You know, it's interesting to me, and I'm just gonna make a statement here. A lot of times, as employers or you know friends, whatever the reason, when we're needing to do something that we feel is upsetting, um, it often is our own ego and our own gratification that thinks that if we do something that is. Um, uh, uh, you know, like lay somebody off or, you know, do something that uh, we feel may hurt them in some way. Don't you think, Jackie, that that's our own ego that's basically trying to set their reality for them? That is exactly my lesson right now, that um, I had a lot of people who were in the wrong seats, and for them it was a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But it was a limit. I'm going to hang on to this paycheck with both hands mm-hmm. because I don't know if I can do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to fit a bill. I was trying to fit them into a seat that they didn't fit into a job that they couldn't do. And I kept training and training and training. But really what it was at that point, it was a limit for both of us. Uh-huh. They were limited in how much they could grow as an employee, and, and they were limited in their happiness because they were miserable in their job. Not miserable like drudgery every moment of every day miserable, but like they just weren't fulfilled and happy. Uh-huh. And you could feel their burnout from a distance, um, and and so, and then I was limited because we couldn't grow, because they couldn't do the job. So once I freed them, <laughs> I um, other uh, I, in one of my entrepreneur classes they call it freeing them for a better opportunity. Yeah, and it literally is. But then I have I had one employee who, she was really 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 depressed. And I was afraid of letting her go would would make it worse. Uh-huh. And um, and I just, so I put it to her. I said, you got to do something. You got to take some action to show me that you're interested. And they said, well, I'm going to have to resign then. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, wow, because this was somebody I was really invested in, coaching her and helping her. and um, But I was more invested than she was, and that's the ego. Yeah. I wanted to save her. Yeah. It's tricky, and I think that the... That the, that the takeaway from this show is really is make sure that you check your consciousness mm-hmm. at all times. Um, so, so there's an opportunity to serve. There's an opportunity to give. Yes. And and so you got to check your check your consciousness, check your ego at the door, saying, "Am I am I giving for selfless reasons without getting anything back?" Mm-hmm. Or or is this my ego expecting something in return? Yeah, ego the taker. Mm-hmm. Dressed up with a blue dress of giving, <laughs> and so it's. You, and sometimes you don't know until after you're done. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's important, I think, to have that particular consciousness um, completely. The other thing that I want to uh, to mention is if you're in doubt during this particular period about what your talent is, my suggestion just burning an, an uncrossing candle. Mm-hmm. And we're done. We are. Good times, Storm. Good times. Thank you very much. Um, cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. Um, and, you know, it is through your patronage of the Coventry site that it keeps keeping magic um, with our 300,000 listens, you know, which we are appreciative of humbled. and we're not worthy of. Um, uh, you, you know, and, and very humbled by uh, listening to uh, uh, this radio show um, every single week. And um, we will see you next week with some more clearing stuff. And until then, what do they need to do, Jackie? They need to keep it magic. Um, speak life, everybody. See you next week. feels perfect other days it just ain't working the good the bad the right the wrong and everything in between yo it's crazy amazing we can turn our hearts through the words we say mountains crumble with every syllable hope can live or die so speak
say.